Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Good day, everybody. I'm Lori Bischoff. Welcome to the We're Talking Shift podcast. Yes, this is the place where we talk a lot of shift because I feel like the antidote to feeling stuck begins by shifting our thinking. And a lot of times that means if we're really stuck, we've got to follow that up by going rogue and making a radical change in our life. Today, you guys, is part two of my interview with the amazing Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan, oh my God, if you did not hear part one, stop right now, go back, listen to last week first, and then jump back over here and listen to this week so that you have the full story. You really, I swear, you really don't want to miss it. So, okay, without further ado, let's continue talking with Tim. You know, I've always been an open book about my addiction and the trials and tribulations because it helps people. And, and, you know, I didn't write a book and all that to to make money. I, I wrote a book to share my raw version of of what addiction did to me and my family. And it took my son and, but there's hope in it. And I stayed sober and, you know, I have the life I have today. So, right. Well, and by, um, by all accounts, it sounds like actually Nick is doing right now exactly what he said he wanted to do with you, which was go out and speak to people and help people. It's just not in the way that you envisioned it. Wow. You just, uh, I don't get thrown off my square too much. And you just threw me off my square because I never looked at it that way. And, you know, I had a young lady last year in a high school. I spoke to about a thousand students and I was doing a question and answer. And this young lady asked me a question that really hit me. She said, have you forgiven yourself for your son dying? And, uh, you know, it hit me between the eyes because in, in a lot of regards I have, I still hold some that I haven't because I tell people, you know, I helped kill my own son. He followed in my footsteps. And even though I was 21 months sober and Shannon and I were doing everything we could to help Nick, he, he still died. And that's something I have to hold on. But yeah, we, we do. He, he fuels me every day to do what I do. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm looking at a picture of him right now when you said that. Wow, that, uh, that was a powerful one. You're pretty damn good. Thanks. <laughs> 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 Thank you. But, you know, I could, <laughs> I could relate in a little bit in, in a similar, a parallel way because um, I, I had some similar experiences, not with drug addiction, but I lost my mother about four years ago to cancer. And, um, And, you know, one of the things that I was starting to do with my coaching practice at the time, I said to her mom, this is what I'm going to be doing moving forward. And it was going to be having, you know, these kind of, uh, you know, small, intimate gatherings, talking about spirituality and stuff, which she was really into. It's because of her that I do what I do now. And, um, uh, I said, I want you to be part of it. And she, and she was really excited. She was going to be part of that with me. And she was going to be able to share, you know, the things that she had learned and been reading about, you know, since she was a young woman and introduced me to you know, all of my really now beliefs in, in my um, relationship with spirituality. And we were so excited. I, I, I really wanted to have her with me. And then, and then we lost her and, uh, you know, first of all, I was really pissed and you go through those, you know, I was pissed because you think, 
okay, I should have, I should have done something more or different. You know, you go through the same thing. You, you, you figure out what you're, you're trying to figure out what, where your responsibility could have, uh, or did lie and what you should have, or could have done differently. And, um, but then I realized, you know, um, she actually has still been with me through, she's been doing all of those things just in a different way. She's just, her body isn't physically here, but oh yes, she's here. Her, all of her guidance and her presence and everything that she is, is still doing that with me. It just didn't come out in the way that we had imagined it, but you know, the, the universe, I think, always has a bigger, better plan for us. So you just got to relax into it and have faith that, um, you know, that's the way it was meant to be. And that's the best way because, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. A- absolutely. And, and faith and hope and and you don't need, you know, I tell people if, if they got a heartbeat, they have hope. And I have seen some of the worst of the worst turn themselves around. And I've also seen some people that are like, yeah, they got it. And I get a phone call the next day that they're dead. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's when I quit trying to play God and, and dictate how things are going to go and, and they go the way they're supposed to. And, and what is my purpose here? And, and what am I to do? And how am I to respond? And even in the past five years doing what I do, you know, I've grown a lot and I used to get in debates and argue, it is what it is. And I kind of just go in silence and do what I do and it works. And I just Mm want to help people, whatever their resources are to give them the best option to have what I have today. Because if I could bottle this up and sell it, we'd have more money than Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Yeah, true. Oh my gosh. Well, so, you know, there's been so many things that we've talked about that are just, um, you know, it's, it's the heartbreaking aspect of this issue, but uh, I would like to know a couple of things. Um, first of all, what I always ask my guests, you know, if you could share a particular story about, um, your journey where you, you know, went totally rogue, you did something, you know, completely unexpected, or you had to make a super radical shift in such a way that it really changed the course of your life. Um, is there anything like that that you would share about going rogue that you haven't already shared? Yeah, I think it would be when I, when Shannon picked me up from prison and and I asked Shannon, you know, I said, why did you support me. I said, you know, she said, Tim, I felt bad for you when you went into prison. And then about halfway through, I, I got pissed and it was my opportunity to divorce you, which she did in prison. But then she said, I was excited you were getting out. And she picked me up and we went and got my dog Cabo, my old yellow lab wrestler, rest in peace Cabo. And we, all the kids came over that night, Nick, Max, Tanner, Abby, but I sat my family down and I said, you guys need to understand something. I love you all more than anything in the world, but the most important thing in my life right now is my relationship with God and my recovery. I have to put that number one. And Max will share, because I have Max speak a lot with me, and he said, you know, I was really hurt that my dad said that, and I, I was pissed off because you went to prison and we lost our childhood home and we had to change new schools and but he said now fast forward I see why my did my dad did that because today my dad is my best friend in the world and and we get to travel the country together and 
if my dad didn't put his recovery first, none of this would have happened and we wouldn't be the family we are today. So that was me going rogue for once in my life, putting Tim Ryan first, because I was the biggest people pleaser and I'll give you the shirt off my back. But what I've had to also do is have boundaries. Um, I keep my inner circle very, very small. Mm-hmm. I don't let a lot of people get too close to me, A, because I don't want to get hurt. But on the flip side, my time is valuable. And the people I bring into my world are people that are going to be there for the rest of the journey, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's 10 years, it's 15, it, it's 30. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've got yeah. a good life today. And, and I, I can say no, and no, I can't do that. I have the, the, this family, their, their kid was in and out of detox and picking them up and going to Chicago. And this mom calls me at two in the morning. You've got to get my daughter. She just walked out of detox. I said, no, I don't. It's, it's Easter morning and I'm spending, well, she's going to die. I said, ma'am, I've had your daughter into treatment 10, 15 times. She doesn't want help and I need to disconnect. And yeah. you got to learn what those boundaries are. Yeah. And, uh, I'm constantly learning, but I surround myself with people I can learn from, you know, and, and I'll use your husband, Eric. We, mm-hmm. We've been to a no- number of places together in, in the thing. We were down at the, the Hard Rock in, in Florida six months ago, and he had Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair there, and we're having breakfast, and people would recognize him, your, your husband, and he would take the time to talk with them and treat people just like humans, not like he's, oh, I'm... I'm this guy from this. You know what? I, I tell people, don't ever put me on a pedestal. I, I, I pee yellow. I breathe red. I, I have issues in my life. But what I don't have today is I'll ask people, I, I, I don't, or I'll tell them I don't have any problems. I don't have a problem in my life. I have situations I need to attend to, and I attend to them. If I go do a speaking event and I'm sticking around for three hours to talk with any parent that wants to talk to me, I will do that. They came to see me. I'm not going to answer five questions and, and bolt out the back door. Mm-hmm. I'm there to talk and guide and direct. And it gets taxing, but that's what I need to do. And it helps keep me sober too. Right. It, and it sounds like that's, you know, that's part of your purpose, your mission of, of being of service. And that's what now fulfills you. Absolutely. It fulfills me more than I could ever imagine. And, um, you know, I was flying back, I think yesterday or the day before from Virginia. And prior to getting on the plane, my wife had sent me a picture of our three and a half year old daughter out in the driveway pointing up at an airplane saying, daddy's coming home. Daddy's coming home. And then I get to come home and and my kids want to see me and they want to be with me. And my mom says, hey, we miss you. And I get to fly to Florida this weekend and I put in an extra two days to go visit my parents at at their place in the Florida Keys and I'll be in and out in 48 hours, but they're getting older and I want to spend this time with them while they're still here. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's good stuff. Good stuff. That's awesome. So let me ask you, what do you think, um, uh, what do you think has set you apart, Tim, um, where you are so effective, you've become so effective at helping others. What makes you different as I guess, an interventionist? Well, you know, you know, it's, that's a great question. And 
some people might know my previous, I I've always had the gift to gab. I've always been a people person, but what I did for 23 years of my life was I was a, I was a headhunter. I was a recruiter in the technology space, management, consulting space, high frequency trading firms. I've interviewed thousands of people. So I know how to read people, but when I walk into an intervention, I'm just sharing, I'm talking, I'm finding common ground. And when I get that hole opened, I go in until that person puts their hand up and says, all right, I've had some take 20 minutes. I've had others take 18 hours. I did one a couple of a month and a half ago with a high-end celebrity and I pulled a buddy of mine in from Canada and that took us three days. So you just don't give up and, and they might not be ready and you come back, but I, I think once people hear me and talk, and there's no hidden agenda here. All I'm trying to do is, is find common ground and share my experience, strength, and hope to get you to put your hand up and, and let's go and, and let's get you on the road to recovery and uh, hope for the best. Beautiful. That's uh, so. It's just really your. Um, it's like the most authentic rapport that that you could come up with. You're, you're there and, and you've walked, you've been in their shoes. Well, I've had high-end clinicians with a lot of degrees behind their name, all the training in the world say, look, Tim Ryan can get through to people that I can't because he's lived it. He's been there and I can go speak in a prison, a jail. I can go speak to a fortune 50 company because I've I've been in all these areas. I was in the corporate world. I, I ran with gangs. I've been to prison. So I have a gift that I can communicate with anyone. I was in a county jail in Michigan two months ago, and we did 25 speaking events in five days. And I'm in this pod, and there's this big man covered from head to toe in tattoos. And afterwards, he says, Mr. Ryan, I, I just want to thank you for coming in today. And I, I kind of tapped him on the shoulder. I said, you know, don't worry about it. You're going to have an outdate. And he said, Mr. Ryan, I don't have an outdate. I'm facing two life sentences, but you gave me hope for today. And that's all that matters. And boy, did that hit me right between the eyes. Yeah. So if I can get through to someone that's facing two life sentences in prison, um, yeah. you know, and it, it, it's not me, it, it's all God and, whatever you want to call it, working through me. Sure. I'm just a vessel to carry. I'm, I'm just a vessel to carry a message. And I, I take all my years of whatever I did, whatever chaos I got into, whatever successes I have, and I apply it to what I do today. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So where do you see, that's amazing. Where, where do you see things going? I mean, let's, if you don't mind, let's just talk about the future for a minute. Yeah. I mean, how do you see this problem that we've got? What do you see happening in the next, you know, five years, 10 years? You it's know, gonna, are, are there solutions? A, no, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. You know, I was doing a uh, presentation with the Lieutenant Governor in Illinois about three, four months ago. And she had said, hey, you know, we've got $57 million and we're on the cutting edge of the opiate epidemic and, and we've got a statewide coalition and, and we're getting Narcan everywhere and, and we're opening all these methadone clinics. And I got up and I said, Lieutenant Governor, I, I'm going to say some things that are going to upset you. I said, 
First off, you have a statewide opiate coalition. Why am I not on that? Why have I not been asked to the, the table? I said, you have a bunch of politicians. You have no person in recovery that's on this coalition. I said, that's your first failure. I said, you're talking about getting Narcan everywhere. It's already everywhere. I can walk into the Walgreens. And I said, now you want to open up methadone clinics. And Adolf Hitler used methadone for the troops. It's a high-end painkiller. If they got injured, they could take it and keep fighting. And they utilize it for people to get off heroin, but it's just as addictive, if not more. And I said, instead of open these clinics, why don't we take that $57 million and open a peer-driven center in Northern Illinois, Central Illinois, and Southern Illinois, and have a, a free six to 12 month program. Now you got a ticket for success. But until we can get the political people on board, and, and the president has allocated some money, but it's gonna get a lot worse. I mean, it's not getting any better. We need to get the insurance companies partnered with them. Treatment today, three to four weeks, you're out the door. Come on, I, I use drugs for 35, 38 years. Treatment should be 90 days to six months minimum with every facet, the holistic side, the Christian base, the 12 step, the so many different things involved, the trauma therapy, but uh, it's not happening. So, you know, I'm out on the forefront there because I, I, I work full time for Transformation Treatment Center out of Florida. I do Tim Ryan Speaks. I run a Man of Recovery Foundation, but my speaking platform outside of the schools and community forums, I'm getting more into the corporate world on, you know, dropping the mask in the workplace, being aware of, of your peers you're working with. If people are struggling, put your hand up, ask for help, support them through love and grace and trying to work with the insurance companies to become a part of this instead of people in and out, in and out, in and out, because that's not working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. There's so much, and I'm just getting started and I get calls on more TV shows to reality based shows and let's do a movie. And I don't know, you know, I just kind of sit back, scratch my head and say, God, what are we doing next? You know, yeah. I just, uh, picked up at the airport, the new magazine called real leaders. And it goes to 25,000 of the top C-level executives in the world. And on page seven, it says six unlikely heroes who show you how it's done. And I'm number five, Tim Ryan, former heroin addict and author of Dope to Hope, who's become a leader in the recovery community. I saw you know, that. It's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 pin I pinch myself, but I have a message and, and I'm going to be heard, not from an ego standpoint, because I want more solutions. I don't want to hear about the problem, damn it. We all know there's a problem. There's a pandemic. You know, in the peak of the AIDS crisis, they were allocating $23,000 per person with HIV. With this opiate epidemic, they're allocating about $125 per person. So you tell me, we, we want to, I mean, it's the amount of money that the president just lost in, in this government shutdown, that $5 billion. Do you know, I could have put every person in the United States struggling with addiction into a long-term treatment program. Wow. So, wow. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it's uh, there's a lot of layers. There's, there's so many layers, but you know what? Um, it's, it's like, uh, your mission is, you know, one at a time, I'm just going to do everything I can 
helping one addict at a time. And, you know, and if that turns into multitudes and masses, well, then God bless you. That's, you know, that's what we need. Well, and it's people like you getting this out on your platform and sharing it. And I guarantee, you know, like the Bill and Wendy show in Chicago on WGN radio, they're one of the top talk radio shows. They've had me on over 30 times. We've put over 300 people into treatment just from hearing that radio show. Mm-hmm. And, and people are picking up the phone and saying, I need help. That's what we do. Yeah. So Beautiful. just pick up the phone and ask for help. I love it. It's yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, you got to start somewhere and you just, um, I think that somebody like you that is really, uh, so leaning into, you know, your spiritual resource and your higher power and saying, you know what, just point me in the right direction. Tell me what I need to do. And, and you, you can't feel like you're not doing enough. I think if you, if you're doing all you can coming from that perspective, if that makes sense. It it absolutely makes sense. And you know, it'll be funny. I'll be sitting around and be like, wow, you know, I, the phone really hasn't rang and then it'll just blow up and God gives me my breaks when I need them. And then it just, it blows up. And between my couple phones, you know, we could get a hundred phone calls a day. And, you know, I, I get the downtime when I need and self-care is very important for me so I can keep doing what I do. I see a lot of people that get into this space and I'll have people call me, you know, I want to do what you do. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, well, I want to be a speaker and I want to write a book and I want to work for a treatment center and I want to start a nonprofit. And I'll say, you do? And uh, they'll say, yeah. And I'll say, all right, well, make millions of dollars, lose millions of dollars, go to prison, have your wife divorce you, lose your home in foreclosure, get out of prison, turn your life around, have your son die, stay sober, then you can do what I do. Shuts them up right away because you get a lot of people that get 60 days sober and they want to be at the end of the rainbow without putting in any work. And in getting sober and in recovery and in sobriety, life happens. And it's when those good things or those bad things happen that you have the tools, the spirituality, the balance to keep doing the next right thing instead of saying, oh, I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to do some pills. I'm going to relapse because relapse isn't part of recovery. You're either in relapse or you're in recovery. There is no middle ground. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. The, uh, the being in the trenches, the life experience is, you know, and then overcoming the obstacles, overcoming your, your demons, your addictions, um, all of those things rising to the challenge. And then that's what puts you in the place of being able to be empathetic, be compassionate, be wiser and be a better, um, you know, be a better teacher and leader and be able to help people more effectively because you've been in the trenches yourself. Right. And I lead by example. I let my actions speak for themselves. When I got out of prison and turned my life around, my kids, my former wife didn't want to hear I'm sorry. And my actions dictated what I do. And people, you know, most of my amends today are living amends, doing the next right thing. It's Mm -hmm. as simple as that. Talking to my mom every morning at 7.30 a.m. Calling her last night because my brother called and My parents were on a little trip to Cuba and my dad's been sick and saying, 
tell dad to get his butt to urgent care because he's stubborn and he thinks this will be fine. Look, you're 78 years old. You can catch a pneumonia and die. I at least want you around till you're in the wheelchair. Then I'll put you down a hill. That's a joke. (laughs) 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 Gotta have humor in this life, (laughs) don't you? You you have. Well, it's funny you say that because the average child laughs three to 400 times a day. The average adult laughs three to four times a day. I'm not here to be miserable. I enjoy the ride. I'm laughing and having fun all the time unless I'm dealing with the family. Otherwise, I'm here to have fun. I'm not here to to be miserable and, and whine. And if you want something, change. Put forth the effort to change. Change takes work. It's not going to happen overnight. Surround yourself with people that have something you want, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, not financially, and, and go in with the right reasons and watch the miracles happen. Yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't have said it better. Change change takes a deliberate mission. You're deliberately making decisions to do things very mindfully and with a lot of, uh, I will, I will take no prisoners. You know, I, this is what I'm doing now. This is who I am now moving Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's all about. So God, this but, has been amazing. This has been amazing. I mean, we could probably talk for hours longer, but, um, but what I'd like to do is before I ask you, my last question is give you a moment to just, um, share where, our listeners can find you and your services where you can find me. Um, if you're interested in having me come out and speak, you can go to Tim Ryan speaks.com. Uh, my nonprofit, a man recovery foundation is a M I R F is in Frank.org. You can call the foundation at eight, four, four, six, one, one, Four six seven three. If you have a loved one interested in getting in treatment, you can call the foundation or you can call my treatment center, Transformation Treatment Center in Delray Beach, Florida at 888-677-1646. You can follow me on Instagram at From Dope to Hope. You can follow me on Twitter at A Man in Recovery or find me on Facebook Tim Ryan from Dope to Hope. And if you're interested in my book, Tim Ryan from Dope to Hope, it's on Amazon and you can order it and we will make $6 and that will go into our nonprofit to help uh, another individual get into treatment. What people don't understand too is with the Manor Recovery Foundation, we have no employees. I do not take a salary. Um, Almost all our funds that are brought in are given away to help people that are indigent get into long-term treatment programs for a thousand to 1500 bucks, or we will pay for people to get into sober living homes. But, you know, as soon as it comes in, it's out the door. People would rather donate money to, to homeless cats and dogs than they would people struggling with mental health or substance abuse. And don't, I, I have a rescue pit bull. So, you know, I love animals, but it's, it's, it's very difficult trying to raise money in this space, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bizarre disconnect there. It's, uh, it's yeah, but you know, you just keep, you keep pushing. It's crazy. Cause I'll be like, Oh, we're, we're down to 2000 and $2,000. Now what next thing we'll, we'll get a donation for 5,000 or whatever. It just happens. And 
you know, God works and I just follow and everything goes the way it's supposed to. So it's kind of cool the way it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. We call that practicing the art of allowing. Gee, you just allow yep. God to do God what God does, right? <laughs> just Yeah. And if people want to send me an email, they can reach me at T-R-Y-A-N at A-M-I-R-F dot org. Beautiful. So there you and go. That- yeah, that's awesome. And yes, everyone, um, Tim's book from Dope to Hope, A Man in Recovery is an amazing story. Amazing. I mean, when I read that story, uh, I'm like, I'm, I don't know how you're still alive, Tim. I, I, read, <laughs> I, I really don't like to be able to sit here and talk to you after reading that story. I, I don't even know how a person manages to, to survive through that journey that you had. Uh, but I'm yeah, sure glad you did. You know, I, yeah. Yeah, me too. And uh, it, it, it's all part of it, you know, and uh, I, I yeah. just have a blessed life today. So put yeah. your hand up, reach out, ask for help, share this podcast out there because it could help someone that you don't even know and talk about addiction. I mean, everyone knows someone that's struggling. Talk about it. Talk about it at work and let's start coming together and providing more solutions here. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, it's got to, um, it's got to come, it's got to come out of the shadows. It's really the stigma around it, keeping it hidden, uh, for so many people is, um, you know, doing a great disservice, uh, to a lot of people that want help and they just are afraid of how this is going to make them look. You know what I mean? If somebody discovers, you know, what they're doing and what their problem is. And, um, it's gotta, you you can't, you gotta pull back the veil. You have to. People people worry about the wrong stuff. It's as simple as that. People worry about the wrong things. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and you and I are going to be talking some more because, uh, there's some things that, um, I would like to participate in with you. So we're going to be talking some more about that, um, later on, but, but, uh, I do not want to keep you much longer. One last question and I'm going to let you go and, uh, continue saving the world. (laughs) What, (laughs) what would you tell our listeners is the value of going rogue? the value of going rogue is like daring to be authentic. You know, a lot of people have so many ideas or passions, but what they need to do is learn to walk through their fears. Fear is F everything and run or face everything and recover In recovering your own destiny. Going rogue is not some chaotic thing. It's taking you to the next level in your life So you can truly follow your dreams and aspirations. Quit talking about the things you want to do and start applying them and make a difference in your life. Quit worrying about the negative, cut toxic people out of your life, surround yourself with winners and damn it, go rogue. You have to. Oh, I think that might be the best one I've heard yet. I love it. Beautifully said. Nail on the head. I love it too. (laughs) <laughs> Man, I can't thank you. This has just been absolutely awesome. Um, and, and this is what it's all about. I appreciate you asking me to be on your show. I look forward to doing more things with you uh, down the road here. And, and let's keep offering hope out there. That's what it's all about. That's what we're going to do, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Um, 
I will be in touch soon. You have an awesome day. You have a better day, my friend. I love you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Love you too. Bye-bye. You know, that might have been the most powerful explanation, I guess, of, uh, of the value of going rogue that I have heard yet. Was this amazing or what, you guys? Thank you so much, Tim. I really cannot thank you enough. So, everybody, if you loved what you heard today, please head on over to we'retalkingshift.com and um, find all the links to social media there. Uh, Give us some ratings on um, iTunes and Google. I would love that. If you are trying to make some shift happen in your life and you want some private coaching, you can contact me through the uh, We're Talking Shift.com website or lauriebischoff.com, Facebook. You can find me everywhere. So uh, please um, make sure you check in with us next week. Stay feisty, my friends, and go out and make some shift happen. You too, Mr. Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com.